Bell's Pasha by Jerry Payton. Phonograph Cylinder 5. The Still Grim's Progress. Spring 1867 was cold enough to snap the pipe off a donkey. I spent most of my time indoors and was rarely stimulated, save for occasional below-the-belt calisthenics. But one morning I chanced upon a welcome distraction. What's that you're reading, Dr. Bell? The practical guide to beating your manservant when he disturbs your peace and quiet. I think I prefer the impractical guide. Actually, it's one of the Reverend's books. Ah, it isn't about rugby, is it? What do you know of rugby? The Reverend was teaching the village to play. But since he died, we're all at sea. Are you sure you're not thinking of rowing? I'm reading Burton's account of Mecca. I quite like the idea of making the pilgrimage. An infidel like you stepping foot on sacred soil. Did have your baubles for baubles. I could disguise myself, like Burton did. Disguise yourself? What as? A camel. Because that's the only way you're getting anywhere near Mecca. How so? You're fair-skinned and you barely speak Farsi, let alone Arabic. You'd stick out like a sore thumb. Plus you'd need to be circumcised. That would literally make you stick out like a sore thumb. You're a Zoroastrian. They wouldn't let you anywhere near Mecca either. Ah, that's where you're wrong. I do a very good camel impression. Look, you don't have to go all the way to Arabia to make a pilgrimage. There are places here in Persia you could visit. Tabernacles. No, it's true. Though pilgrimage is pretty tough. I'm not sure you're cut out for it. I am. Be realistic, Dr. Bell. You even have your undergarments signed. I'm willing. Isn't that enough? There are rituals to observe, such as the shaving of the head, a compulsory bath. It's boarding school all over again. All to demonstrate purity of heart. But I'm as pure as the driven snow. You're certainly very pale. I'll reserve judgment about your character. Ah, all right. You're obviously bent upon doing this. Hooray! I'll ask the prince if we can use his bathhouse. Habib aided my endeavour by smoothing things over with Prince Farrakh. My relationship with the prince was much like my Labrador's stool, occasionally strained. But Prince Farrakh was surprisingly receptive to the idea of me leaving the village on a perilous journey. A few days later, I was invited to use his bathhouse. Habib and Amjad acted as our servants. It's customary to announce ourselves before entering a steam bath, to frighten off any evil spirits that might be lurking. Perhaps you'd do us the honour, Dr. Bell. Certainly, Prince Frog. Ahem. Um, sure. How's that? The announcement usually has a religious leaning. Try again. I see. Ahem. Now look here. God says sure. Any better? Ah, oh, it'll do. Habib, Amjad, lead the way, would you? The sweating chamber's a bit tepid. I couldn't get the furnace hot enough. The timber's damp. I have a jar of ether at the mission. How is anaesthetic going to help? We're here to get warm, not to be knocked out cold. Ether is highly flammable. Just pour some into a few glasses, then. Hang on, you're not suggesting a far-eating routine, are you? No, of course not. Good, because I hate circus performers. Simply throw them on the fire periodically, and it'll be blazing in no time. Steady on, I don't take them that much. I meant the glasses of ether. 
Amjad, perhaps you do the necessaries. <sighs> Here's the key to my medicine cabinet. Just hold your breath when pouring out the ether. Perhaps we could amuse ourselves in the meantime. Tell me, Prince Frock, did the Reverend ever teach you that wonderful pastime, charades? You look flustered, Amjad. Whatever's got into you. You're expecting an answer from a mute. Good luck with that, mate. <laughs> Calm down, Amjad. My Mitch. How many words? Four fingers, so it's four words. Hold on, let's do this properly. Is it a book, a play, or a poem? Don't roll your eyes, Amjad. It was a civil question. Look, what's the first word? The letter T. The? Yes. Third word, small word. If, on, at, um, is, yes, is, the something, is something, this is a hard one. Try the second word, Amjad. Fourth word sounds like spinning, turning, yes. Sounds like turning, yearning, learning. Oh, burning, got it. The bathhouse is burning. No, never heard of it. Me neither. Your turn, Prince Frog. I'll have to have a think. I want to make it a good one. <sighs> Stop banging your head against the wall, Amjad. You'll do yourself an injury. Can anyone smell burning? Smoke's coming from behind the curtain. Oh, everybody out. Fire! The spirits have said light to me bathhouse! God says shoe! You dandy prat! The weeks I'd spent rebuilding the trust to Prince Farrakh, since the last time I'd lost it, were totally wasted. Any remaining respect the prince had for me was gone, along with his bathhouse, which slowly blazed. Quite remarkable for a building constructed mainly from stone. I retreated to Hamadan to give the prince a chance to cool down, and his bathhouse for that matter. I took the opportunity to call on my friend, Captain Roger. As with the prince, things had become a little awkward between us, but our relationship was still amicable. Judas, you betrayed me to the colonel. Of course I did. On no account was I going to take the blame for arson, pilfering and insurrection. Not when faced with blackmail. The colonel was trying to hold it against you. Well, he was trying to hold something against me. You know what he's like. He dropped his britches, then ordered me to kneel and take the saucy sacrament. That doesn't sound like the colonel. He's no Catholic. No, but he has Catholic tastes. And that was no wafer he wanted to put in my mouth. Well, thanks to you, the colonel will be watching me like a hawk from now on. I wouldn't be too concerned. How many hawks wear the monocle? Every penny of department money will have to be accounted for. How am I expected to survive on my pay without the usual perks? By usual perks, 
You mean a cellar full of illicit wine, loose women, and fast camels? Blessed is he who expects nothing, for he shall never be disappointed. Then you see before you a desolate man. Ah, sweetheart, a uh, uh, bell. What brings you here? Ah, Colonel, I uh, was just, um, telling Roger about the pilgrimage I'm about to undertake. You were? Splendid. Be a good chap and take Roger, would you? A few months without him sounds like heaven. I'm visiting a local shrine, Colonel. I'll only be gone a little while. Nevertheless, take him with you. But why a pilgrimage? If you want the equivalent of a hair shirt, try the quartermaster's woolen socks. They're pretty scratchy, I can tell you. Come on, Roger, where's your sense of adventure? There's a lot to be said for apathy. No, Roger, you have a lot to say for apathy. But we're not Musulmans. Surely pilgrimage is forbidden to us. We'll only be paying our respects at the grave of a minor saint. Habib assures me that so long as we display Musulman characteristics, people won't mind. Musulman characteristics? I can tell you now that I draw the line at skinning the doodle pelt. Sorry? You know, removing the pink parson's collar. I think he means circumcision. When I said Musulman characteristics, I meant our style of dress, not stripping the stout's pillowcase. I really think you'd be better off without me, Bill. He travels the fastest who travels alone, as they say. The only thing that travels fast round here is bad news. Most of it concerning you, Roger. No, I've made up my mind. Pack your things and toddle off. Roger and I rode back to the mission, and we prepared for our great adventure. Or rather, I did. No, Roger just sat there. Unbelievable! You'd have thought he was the King of Siam, the way he turned his nose up at a little hard work. Would it really have hurt him to help pack the supplies? No wonder we forgot the doilies. I take it the prince isn't too happy about the state of his bathhouse. I'm sure any smoke damage can be washed off. Yes, then he'll have a nice clean pile of rubble to admire. I'd stay well cleared of him if I were you. I fully intend to. I have no desire to pour oil on troubled waters. No, you prefer to pour it on fire. It wasn't oil, Roger. It was ether. And the burning of the bathhouse wasn't my fault. My conscience is clean. But your body isn't. The pair of you still need a ritual bath if you're to go on the pilgrimage. But how can we without a bathhouse? Walk this way and all will be revealed. It certainly will in those trousers. Walks. <laughs> Amjad, put down that razor. Whatever we've done to offend, we're truly sorry. I I'm sure we can come to some arrangement. I have money. Look. Calm down, Captain Roger. Amjad is the village barber surgeon. I knew it. You're going to skin my doodle pelt. Now he's here to shave your heads. It's a ritual. Along with the bath, the shaven head demonstrates purity. Then you'll need to shave extra close in Roger's case. Shave my head? Over my dead body? Ah, oh, I thought as much. Well, in that case, you leave me no other choice. Dr. Bell, you grab his legs, I'll take his arms. Of course. What? No, get off! No! According to custom, our heads were totally shaved, but for a single top lock. The style was quite flattering, in a shaving brush stuck on top of the head sort of way. All that remained was for us to be bathed and for our pates to be bound with magnificent turbans. That was a low trick, Bell. Look at me. 
This ridiculous tuft of hair on my head. It's an ancient custom. The tuft offers protection in battle. By rendering the enemy helpless with laughter. By avoiding the defiling touch of the infidel. If you're decapitated, he lifts your head by the top lock instead of by the mouth. And that's likely to happen where we're going, is it? In India, they believe that the soul is pulled up to heaven by the hairs of the top lock. Well, that explains the state of French armpits. Gives the devil something to pull down on. You've been reading too many books, Dr. Bell. The top lock proves that you could still grow a full head of hair if you wanted to. It makes a man alluring, much like smoking a pipe. Exactly. And the symbolism of shaving per se? Presumably it represents the scraping away of sin and starting life afresh. Whatever. All I know is that it keeps the nick count down on a camel ride. We're to travel by camel. Dr. Bell insisted. That we'll need to stick to the straight and narrow path for the pilgrimage. Indeed, spiritually we should focus our minds on the righteous course. Now there's a straight and narrow path leading out the village. It's the best one to take to avoid bandits. This whole endeavour seems doomed from the start. Don't heap scorn upon scorn, Roger. You're just smarting from your shaving. Quite literally. My pate is red raw. Not that I'll get any sympathy from you. I didn't ask to be here, you know. And I didn't ask to be lumbered with a perpetual whiner. So it cuts both ways. Much like Amjad's razor when he's not concentrating. Stand still, Captain Roger. First bucket coming up. What? What the hell did you do that for? It's your bath. I'm soaked to the bone. This isn't exactly what I had in mind for a ritual bath, Habib. Nate must, Dr. Bell. Your turn. Ha! Oh, crikey, that's cold. Unbelievable. I'll fetch refills. Don't bother. With all the fuss that Roger is making, he can probably weep buckets. After our rude bath, we were dressed in clean robes and then we went to mount our camels. At the risk of sounding like a braggart, we were indistinguishable from native Persians, excepting the signs on our backs reading, Christians on board, please ride slowly. <coughs> Oof, I've got a heavy sack here. It's probably swollen from a tick bite. <coughs> the animals are overlaying as this is, Captain Roger. Roger, is that a spade sticking out of your bag? Whatever is it for? To dig your head out the sand. Can't you see that this whole expedition is ridiculous? Your bag could be the proverbial straw that breaks the camel's back. Mm. Or in this case, the sword that breaks it. Why have you brought all these tools? Mm. If the animals can't take the weight, perhaps you'd like to carry my bag. Hmm? Oh, I'll find some room. Essential supplies packed, uh, minus the doilies, we set off. But within minutes, Habib had brought our caravan to a halt. Everybody stop. Are there bandits ahead? Now we've reached our destination. But we've only travelled 400 yards. Yeah, 400 yards to the village cemetery. This is where the saint is buried. But I hired these camels. You said we were to travel across the sands. The sands is what the locals call this path, on account of the sandy soil. You didn't tell me that. You never asked. Anyway, we're here now, so we might as well make the most of it. Follow me and watch your footing. The passage is perilous. 
So is mine after that camel ride. Habib led us to the grave of the saint, then attended to our camels. Despite my initial disappointment, standing at the foot of a historic figure's resting place, much like a glimpse of Cook's petticoat as a child, had my blood pumping. Right, pass me the shovel. Sorry, this won't take long. The soil isn't too hard by the look of things. What do you intend to do, Roger? I'm going to dig him up. Dig up the remains of a venerated historic figure? Are you insane? No, just short of money. Short of money? There's a market for ancient relics, and I know an agent who supplies the museums of Europe. Ancient relics? This here saint is probably buried with all sorts of artefacts. This isn't some Egyptian pharaoh's tomb. I don't think Musulmans are even allowed to be buried with their possessions. Then I'll take the skull. Take the skull? Alright, maybe a leg bone. What do you think you're doing? Put that shovel down. I don't see why he's so upset. He's not even a Musulman. Put that down or I'll throw this bleeding stone at you. You! Throw a stone at me? You wouldn't dare. I'm an officer of the British Army. Ah! Good grief. You hit him square on the head, Habib. I did warn him. At least he's conscious. Wipe me, nanny. Wipe me. Uh, a little concussed, perhaps. A little? He's totally bit twatted. I appreciate that Roger overstepped the mark, and for that I'm truly sorry. But did you really have to take such drastic action? Nobody, but nobody, disturbs the remains of my friend. Uh, friend? I knew the saint. You knew him? I thought this grave was centuries old. Nah, the saint died a few years ago. Surely they don't make saints in this day and age? Not that I'm aware of. We just called him the saint because he was so good-natured. It was a term of endearment. So why exactly have we made a pilgrimage to this man's grave? I thought it would make a nice day out. He was a lovely chap. A lovely chap? So the saint wasn't a religious figure in any way whatsoever? No, he was a farmer, until he found his pot of gold. Gold? Yeah, he literally found a pot of gold on his land. 1980, Fedor. He dug up this ancient urn full of coins. Of course he had to keep quiet about it. Otherwise the prince would have requisitioned it. But the saint didn't work another day for the rest of his life. It must have been a substantial haul. Not necessarily. He died a week after finding it. He died? How? In his sleep. He was strangled while taking a nap. Strangled? How awful. Who was the perpetrator? Nobody knows. The murderer was never caught. And the guild? Gone. And we should go too, before your friend here comes to his senses and wreaks more havoc. I'll just put back these stones he disturbed. Wait one moment, Habib. What's that between the rocks? It's just the way I'm bending over. No, on the ground. It's glinting. It's the Reverend Cigar Case. He must have dropped it at the saint's funeral. Hey, there's a note inside. What does it say? I owe you 200 gold pieces. Something's on the reverse side. A map showing the big tree at the back of the mission. Observe. X marks the spot. Looks more like a Y to me. You think so? If I straighten the page, you could even pass it off as a sort of T. As in T for treasure. Well, it's more likely than X for xylophone. Ha, yes, what's a xylophone? Hey, do you think this is something to do with the side's gold? Help me with Roger and we'll find out soon enough. You take one arm, I'll take the other. Hop, 
I don't need the leg brace, father. Not today. We hastily returned home and, much like a dog with an overactive bladder, made straight for the tree at the back of the mission. Apart from mild concussion, Roger was physically unscathed. He sat in the shade beneath the tree whilst Habib and I took turns with the shovel, digging the area marked on the map, and then the area just to the side of the area marked on the map, then the area to the side of that. It was gruelling work, lasting many hours, during which time Roger returned to his usual self. Shame, really. A rock to the head brought out the best in him. It'll be dark soon. Haven't you found it yet? If you have anything to say to me, Captain Roger, you can say through Dr. Bell. I'm staying out of this. Look, I've apologised enough times. Can't we just bury the hatchet a bit? You had enough tools in that damn bag of yours. I dare say we could find a hatchet to bury. I found the treasure map for you. What more do you want? Er, uh, excuse me. It was Dr. Bell and myself what found the map. Only because I disturbed the stones. You desecrated the resting place of my friend. Well, if he was only resting, he must have been overjoyed when I started digging him up. Anyways, what he'd have wanted. What? Just think how rich we'll be once we find the gold. It was meant to be. The saint is sending you a message from beyond the grave. Yeah, and the message is, don't trust that shifty swine, Captain Roger. Good heavens, I think you hit something, Habib. Hey, the tea stood for tin. Quick, open it. Never in my wildest dreams. Well, Habib, an original copy of The Laws of Football as Played at Rugby School, published in 1845. Now we can restart the rugby club. Oh, drat. Bell's Persia was produced and performed by me, Jerry Payton. If you need to contact me, email bellspersia at gmail.com. Or one word, just leave out the apostrophe. And you can follow me on Twitter at bell underscore persia.